Good morning, afternoon or evening listener. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is editor and sound wizard and co-host Kieran Stevenson. Hello, Kieran. Hey, you're saying that uh, because we're doing this record without headphones. We're doing this without headphones, just to spice it up a bit. So if the sound is completely garbled and fucked, (laughs) you're preemptively throwing me under the bus. It was, however, my idea. Because uh, we couldn't be bothered reaching across the table to get the headphones. I don't think that there's any literature that suggests it's anything other than a bad idea. But I'd been mentioning how last week I kind of fucked up the setup on Darcy's microphone. The week before that, I kind of fucked it up on my own. This week, with no monitoring you can or fuck up feedback, both the microphones. It'll be splendid. Well, listen, the headphones didn't stop me from fucking it up those two weeks. So what's the worst that could happen? Well, we'll we'll find out with our usual excellent feedback from mm. our very active uh, viewers. Ah, yes, rather that inbox. <laughs> so we have um, we have a, a new format for this. Uh, this is your weekly yeah. bleakness, but it's a new look weekly bleakness. We've streamlined the show a little bit to like- try and keep ourselves focused. I like weekly bleakness. It's a shame that. I don't think we meet the minimum standard requirements Doesn't, to call it weekly, but I like it. It's okay. We can lie. Yeah. We've <laughs> been wrong about that much stuff already. Mm. Mm. <laughs> every other episode. <laughs> um, or indeed, every other sentence. Mm. So, <clears throat> that's the same ratio. Never mind. The um, Yeah, the show will now be, as a trial run, we're going to just do essentially topics. Yeah. Um, and weave in any stories that we feel like weaving in through those topics. But we're trying to keep it a bit more focused more lively. We've decided that we can probably trust you all to look at newspaper headlines mm. uh, if you feel like doing that. And if you don't feel like doing that, it's probably not something you want to hear about. Mm. So, with no more ado, mm. uh, please enjoy our introductory uh, musical hit, and uh, we'll see you in a moment. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. All these goals are understood But misery is a public good So come and feed your sorrows Till you're spent Well just to come Captain said the icebergs are the dead ahead The men will keep the engines fed I have a deal with God We're at the end of history There ain't a hope for you or me When workers philanthropically Believe in the economy But what a feast for tired eyes The poison earth, the boiling skies Everyone their own spies Remember when the world was wise we- No, 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 no Alright Um Do you want to quick? I want to quickly run through the stuff that we're not going to be talking about. All right. I mean, that's not. I just have a little list of like. uh, uh, Kieran doesn't embrace change. Outstanding business. (laughs) No, 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 no. This this will take a second. Uh, It's Scorpio season. I have that written on my notes. I'm not sure why. I think Scorpion season. I think no Scorpio season. Okay. As a Scorpio, that uh, suits me. Maybe I don't know. I have. I I think I wrote that last thing last night. I mean, uh, it's, wa- it's warm. It's it's 33 but degrees today. I've forgotten. This is the the main thing that I wanted to get to because I forgot to do it last two recordings. Uh, I came up with two new characters in America. Oh, good. Run by you. I would love that. So the first one is uh, an insanely esoteric uh, uh, joke that requires fairly intimate knowledge of both irony-poisoned podcaster comedian Nick Mullen 
and living Nick Mullen of Cumtown fame. Nick Mullen of Cumtown fame, <clears throat> who some of our listeners will be aware of, and uh, country folk legend John Prine. Nothing to do with Cumtown. Particularly his latest album, Tree of Forgiveness, released, I think, in 2015. Tree of Forgiveness does tie him a little bit into Cumtown, but that's more of a disturbing uh, sort of a side, mm. su- metal mm. side mission. We're not going to go down that route right now. So the first the first warning there is that the, the intersection of those two things is probably about four people. Yeah. Uh, the second warning is that it's quite a, quite a long setup for... Uh, I think it would have to be. Essentially... A, a very minor well, punchline. I'm, I'm glad we're doing it now without and, any streamlined episode <clears throat> then, Kieran. That's good. Yeah, it's and good I, timing. I have to put on the headphones <laughs> for this because it also involves uh, mu- prop comedy, musical comedy. So it's like resource intensive and difficult as well. All right. Uh, so here's how it works. I'm John Prine. Nick okay. Mullen as John Prine. Right. Okay. Good, good, good. <clears throat> How does it start? Right. I'll never forget those words my daddy said to me. No idea what you're doing. He said, when you're dead, you're a dead peckerhead. I hope to prove him wrong. That is, when I get to heaven. Because I'm going to have a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. I'm gonna say an N word that's nine miles long. That's it. That's the bit. Nick Mullen wants to say the N word. He does. When uh. he gets to <laughs> uh, and my second. Yeah, fair. I can turn that off now. I thought that was actually probably lost on everyone. That joke it was quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If of you course. all want, if you guys want to do the, the most do, abstruse, do the research of digging up Come Town and. Um, and digging up some country and western music, mm. you'll be richly rewarded. Well, John Prine's music is richly rewarding all on its own. Well, there you go. I'd uh, like to say so is Come Town, but it is. I mean, it's good. Like sometimes, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's just Nick Mullen is uh, getting lazy, and I suspect his motivations may have shifted from transgressive humour lampooning racists into enjoying the reaction that he gets from posting genuinely racist stuff. Now, uh, anyway. No comment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's start a feud with the most notoriously immature and grotesque fan base in podcasting land. Just because they're called Come the Town. Right. All right, do you want to hear my second character? Yeah. <clears throat> this one is much simpler. You'll get the premise straight away. Hey, it's me, the normal volume New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you. It's me, I'm from New York. I come from Queens originally. I've obviously spent some time in Long Island, as you can tell by my voice. <laughs> uh, and I speak at a normal volume. Why does Why does everybody got to yell all the time? That's my question. <laughs> all right. Hillary, I mean- Hillary Clinton's running again. Did you hear about this? She put a policy page up on her page. She might fucking ruin everything. <laughs> it's me. Uh, <sighs> Anthony. You call that the normal volume New Yorker, but that's, that's well, yeah, it should be the internationally choir. normal volume. Right? Yeah, yeah, it requires a, a, cent- a centered uh, <laughs> uh, audience position from outside of New York. It wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't hit in the clubs. Uh, he has a very like quietly prosperous pasta bar. I'm assuming he sells salad. Yeah, salad bar. Yeah, salad bar's good too. You know, I tried to sell past 
pasta, but I didn't like it because the flavors were too bald. <laughs> <laughs> Is that parmesan cheese? Because if you add if you <clears throat> add salt and mm. then you add parmesan, you forget that parmesan acts as functions as salt in that, uh, especially if the it's sauce has cheese. anchovies as well. Yeah. Fuck me, you regret adding that salt. Mm. Mm. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I wanted. Oh, Sean McAuliffe, uh, somebody in his staff definitely listens to uh, this podcast because uh, they stole the very unique and not at all uh, low-hanging fruit joke of making a sto- making an, a flock of seagulls pun talking about Iran. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. Just as we did for our episode <laughs> title. <clears throat> so, hey, Sean, or... I mean, Sean McAuliffe would is. enjoy this show because he is, of course, the intellectual comedian of the yeah. broadcast uh, television. I think I think this is the sort of thing that Tony Martin could really cotton onto because he's a, a big fan of digging into hundreds and hundreds of hours of essentially tedious bullshit to unearth the uh, the nuggets beneath. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long Australian tradition, Kieran, of harvesting mm. bullshit for nuggets. So that's it. That's my that's my uh, outstanding business thing. The Clinton running thing is real, by the way. She's, I know. she's put the policy thing up on her page. But we don't have time to talk about that today because we're in new format. We're in new format. We're already uh, moving think, ahead at a sprightly uh, yeah. nearly 10 minutes without actually addressing <laughs> the show yet. That's fine. 10 minutes as an intro is all right. If you listen to the fucking dollop, they're not over with the ads before eight and a half minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good podcast. But then if we were getting... Like paid huge amounts of money by advertisers. Maybe yeah, we also wouldn't be ads without ten minutes. Would you like to do your topic? Advertisers, <laughs> you can hear how articulate and uh, we love to do ads. Smart we are. My topic is Julian Assange. Because he's just had his hearing uh, to to attempt to delay his extradition. Uh, trial. So set uh, the scene for me, Kieran, because I haven't been following Julian. Well, here's the scene. This is taken from a Channel Nine uh, news video page. Uh, it's the title and then the subtitle. All right. Julian Assange seen for first time since April arrest. Subtitle: Julian Assange has been seen for the first time since his arrest in April. Julian Assange has been seen for the first time since his arrest in April. So if that doesn't sum it up, I don't know. What uh, does? Basically, uh, he was hiding out in the embassy and was kicked out and arrested by uh, London police, as we all know. And uh, he is being tried to be extradited to the US uh, for espionage charges. Uh, and he just had it. He his hearing for that is in February, and this hearing that he's just had was asking to delay that hearing so that he had time to prepare his case and the judge said no so his extradition hearing again for espionage fucking preposterous will happen in february he's currently serving a 20-week sentence in the uk uh for bail violation although i don't know how i think he's past that 20-week point at at this point, but he'll yeah, be, like about um, six years ago. He'll be well, yeah. If you, again, if <laughs> With you time served, rightfully count the uh, the embassy stint. Seven years he spent in the embassy, which is fucking unreal. Sorry, it's yeah, gone, seven years gone ago. by so quickly. <clears throat> but yeah, even if even if in UK police custody, even if he hasn't uh, passed that 
mark yet. He definitely will by February, and they're going to fucking keep him. Basically, his lawyer's argument, uh, Bernberg Pierce, I think is the, the name of the firm that's uh, defending him, uh, have clarified their position is that extradition for political offences is prohibited and unlawful under the UK and US extradition treaty of 2003. So... That's where we stand. That's the background. Oh, the comparatively innocent are... days of 2003. Mm, yeah. We just had Bush and Blair to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So that's Fuck. that's the background. Uh, I want to talk about what's been happening around this. So basically, uh, he was arrested looking like a wild man and, and everybody was like, oh, look how crazy he is. Having never spent seven years cooped up in an embassy themselves. Uh, and then when he gave this statement, I guess you would call it in court, it was, uh, nobody's reporting on the fact that he's being unlawfully <clears throat> held to go and be killed by the American government, but it was, uh, reported as a bizarre rant that he gave. Uh, this is, this is the bizarre rant. See if you can pick up on the sentence, which... Uh, short-circuited journalists' critical faculties. I don't understand how this is equitable. This superpower had 10 years to prepare for this case and I can't access my writings. It's very difficult where I am to do anything, but these people have unlimited resources. They're saying journalists and whistleblowers are the enemies of the people. <clears throat> they have unfair advantages dealing with documents. They know the interior of my life with my psychologist. They steal my children's DNA. This is not equitable what is happening here. So that's his... That's his Fairly straightforward. He, he he doesn't feel that he has a fair chance to represent himself in court because of the enormous yeah. resource imbalance between him and the global empire yeah. <laughs> of America. Yeah, it seems like a quite a straightforward complaint to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> Journalists yeah. mostly really bad at language. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. He made the very bad mistake of saying, I can't think properly. Uh yeah. Being an idiot and accurately kind of relaying the experience of what it's like to be isolated and besieged uh, by- like, Extremely stressed. By like <laughs> one um, third of the world's superpower for for a decade. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the steal my children's DNA line that like made journalists, I guess, not- Or not all journalists, but a lot of journalists not listen to the rest of the statement, which is 100% accurate. Which is also weird, because that line came quite late in what he was saying. Yeah. He should have already logged in several good points. Yeah, but it only takes one person to disingenuously forefront that, because that's like, it's always introduced as like, Julian Assange went on a bizarre rant claiming that the American government is still stealing his children's DNA. And then it starts at the start of the thing. So you're like sitting there skimming through all of the heartbreaking stuff about being besieged by the American legal apparatus and just being like, get to the children's DNA thing. And uh, then you see that it was an irrelevant detail in an otherwise compelling and interesting story and the press lose even more respect yeah. from the public. And here's the other thing that the press don't understand is that at every turn, every time they've basically been a dickhead to this dude and he's made some wild claim they've made it their position to downplay it and to deny so he publishes the things and he says they're going to be coming after me uh he gets the charges brought against him in sweden and he's like this is a tool for uh you know the u.s to get to me so he goes to fucking london he goes to the ecuadorian embassy 
So far, so he said, she said. Then he's like, I have to stay here or the London police will arrest me the second I step out. He steps out, they fucking arrest him. He's right. He's like, if the London police arrest me, they're going to try and extradite me to the US. They arrest him. Now he's fucking on an extradition hearing. He's like, whenever anybody was like, why would the US be interested in prosecuting him? He's like, they they will prosecute me. You know, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. I've bloodied their nose. He's been right every fucking step of the way. Well, he's undermined their author- their, their moral authority and their power. He's damaged their propaganda yeah. uh, machine. But here's, here's the fucking... Uh, the thing... I don't think I, I wrote a, a link for this, but like... It's recently been found that uh, the US probably, this is all allegedly, but this is probably what happened, uh, the US hired a Spanish espionage firm to spy on him in the embassy who installed cameras in his rooms and microphones and broke in uh, more than once. To an embassy. To an embassy, yeah. yeah to foreign- Not a hotel. So it's a Spanish <laughs> firm it's a- operating on UK soil to break into Ecuador. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, just, just, just so that we know that he he is, in fact, dealing with insurmountable and impossible mm. opposition. Yeah. And yeah. resources that nobody could possibly match. Because what the fuck? Yeah. That's yeah. Fuck mental. So, like, I'm kind of impressed that the craziest thing that he's said is they're trying to steal my children's DNA. And you know what? If tomorrow it transpires that the US government has been stealing his children's DNA, I won't be fucking surprised. I won't. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what they'd want it for, but They've I would probably be built some fucking cockheaded super weapon that lets you voodoo doll somebody if you've got their kids' can... semen. Oh, yeah. Sympathetic um, magic. Yeah. Mm. So. That does seem like something the Pentagon would actually invest money yeah, in. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's basically MKUltra. I learned some interesting stuff about MKUltra. There's a lot of interesting the... stuff about MKUltra. Yeah. Mostly about how good it was that we were really determined to crack down on all that, like, exploitative, horrible shit the Soviets were doing to their citizens. Yeah. Uh, Extremely uh, brief tangent, but I just listened to the... uh, Chapo did an episode interviewing a guy who wrote a book called Chaos, the Secret History of the 60s. Sounds fun. It turns out that one of the people in that book, Dr. Jolly West, he's the guy that I went to LA to study. So I went and looked at Jolly West's- Dr. Jolly West. Well, Dr. Jollyon oh, West. But everybody what a called wonderful him Jolly. name. Everybody called him Jolly. Um, Louis Jollyon West. Uh, so I went and I looked at his collection of Thanks, papers. Thanks, Kieran. You killed it. <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, what can I say? I work for MKUltra. Uh, I'm into killing things. I went and looked at his personal papers, was a little bit disappointed when I got to the MK Ultra stuff, and he's like, I did that one thing where I killed that elephant with LSD, and that was it. He killed it with the, the come-down drug, not with the LSD. Yeah, uh, comparatively, like, quite a mild thing for MK Ultra because yeah. it wasn't a human being. It wasn't, it wasn't even MK Ultra at that point. It was Project Blackbird, and he's like, I did that one thing. I did a little bit of, like, uh, theory consulting on psychology stuff, and then I left. And then it turns out that the guy who wrote this book, Chaos got correspondence from one of the scientists who was, like, running MKUltra. He had correspondence with Jolly West that proved that he was deeply involved with it and may have used his magic powers to send Jack Ruby insane before he could testify. Oh, anyway. Jolly West. That's yeah. horrible. It's just interesting, just, like, less than a month after but- I get back from studying him to then hear this other thing, and now there's this whole <sighs> book, and, and I mean- the conspiracy deepens. It's great. MK Ultra is just as good as uh, Epstein for 
giving you conspiracy brain. Yeah, yeah, this is is true. I have to be um, careful. I have to be careful. But but it's exactly the sort of thing that I wanted to... Because the whole, like, the whole thing that I'm studying or, like, the whole, like, creative thing that I'm working on is about, like, genteel avuncular figures who are actually involved in conspiracy that's impossible to pin down. It's just... uh, It's a perfect resonance. Mm. Something... Something cosmically is working on my behalf. <laughs> Maybe the aliens that they keep at Area 51. Anyway. Maybe it's the final spasms of the MK Ultra project. Yeah, maybe We it don't is. know where this is going to lead. I mean, possibly I went to the reading room and at some point the librarian leaned over and whispered in my ear, like, and like, MK Ultra and me. You, you start and playing an- Call of Cthulhu and before you know it, the mm. game and segued seamlessly into reality and- yeah. Everything just goes downhill, but in a strangely upwards direction. Yeah. I could be a Manchurian candidate. And speaking uh, of Manchurian candidates, that, that brings us nicely back around to Julian Assange. Yeah. Not that he is a Manchurian candidate, but the similar mm. similar individual against the state type freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this man who like <clears throat> uncovered or won a Walkley, by the way, for helping to uncover, for publishing leaked documents, which uncovered grotesque war crimes committed by Western governments. Correct. Most prominently the US. Yeah. He was worked in collaboration with the Guardian newspaper and Fairfax in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and the whistleblowers. And the whistleblowers. Uh, so like Snowden, right? Yeah. Uh, I know so little. Uh, I just don't know which one, uh, uh, Chelsea Manning is attached to, and I don't know which one Snowden is attached to, because I'm a big dumb boy, but, uh, hey, listener, in the interest of clarity, uh, to unpick, uh, my dumb inability to figure out which was which, uh, it was Chelsea Manning, uh, and she is still in jail for that. Snowden was the Five Eyes NSA spying on everybody thing. Uh, which just went straight through Glenn Greenwald to The Guardian, didn't involve WikiLeaks, I don't think. Cool. Anyway, uh, he's, he's, done, he's done material good for the world in terms of information. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit weird. And he's a bit very weird. He's, very un- he's a personally very unsympathetic character, mm. which is perfect for yeah. um, the, press the Empire. Making absolute the, empire the Empire and the press. Because, uh, yeah, he looks weird. He... Isn't very charming or graceful. Yeah. He's a little um, conceited and arrogant. He's, arri- he's a little libertarian bit. prick. Yeah. Um, and he's... But, uh, but none um, of these are offences for which anybody deserves to be tortured or killed, or mm. uh, especially if they're suffering in, in the public interest. Yeah. Of course, there's the, the uh, rape charges, which are, you know, I know that the, the air around them is so thick with... speculation and and complexity and stuff that I don't want to really speak one way or the other, but, like, yeah, if they're credible, ideally he should face... uh, I think the women are credible. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be. They should always be taken seriously. Yeah, no, I'm here to say never believe women. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a separate separate issue. The question isn't whether Whether they're credible. The question is... sexual assault or rape is not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is not... Uh, the credibility of those women, the question is to what extent they're being leveraged by the US and other interests to get Julian Assange into a vulnerable position. Well, the Swedish and police so, made it pretty clear that it was political when they refused mm. to 
come and interview him in the UK, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, that, that for me is also the, the big turn. So, uh, when the world's governments gets get their shit figured out, re-imprisoning uh, and torturing whistleblowers, then, yeah, perhaps... Perhaps he can face those charges in a in a realistically safe way, but I don't do not blame him for, as far as I can tell, completely accurately seeing it as a as a political play. And now we're in the situation where, after basically a decade of this shit, he's been caught by the UK, who most likely will illegally extradite him to the US, where he'll be put in a black hole and tortured or killed. That sounds like a very British thing to do, especially with uh, fucking Pretty Patel as Home Secretary. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, to be <clears> honest, <throat> he, he might be luckier getting to the US than staying in the UK and having her terrifying mm. idea of justice meted out. Yeah. Um, Much better under the steady a- hand of William Barr. <laughs> well, look, I mean, William Barr is like a kind of uh, unintelligent, blustering sociopath. Mm. Whereas Pretty Patel, you see the speech where she was talking about the end of uh, the free movement of people. Um, I don't know. A, so basically, it was uh, two weeks ago, maybe three mm. weeks ago. Pretty Patel did a terrifying, terrifying speech mm. where she uh, explains that she was ending the free movement of people, mm. and the, I've, I've I've never seen such a look of deranged glee. Mm. on a politician's face, ever, under any circumstances. Pretty Patel is a piece of work, hey? She's a piece of work. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, 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 if I was um, in the position to choose, I would probably go with... Bar? Having, uh, killing myself in the Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, but um, yeah, I'd probably choose America over Pretty Patel. I would not. Uh... I would absolutely not. Uh, but I can I can see where you're coming from. Basically, like, the oh, the thing around that is, like, the thing that makes it so tricky is it's like, well, it's illegal to extradite somebody for political reasons. It's illegal to extradite. Yeah. Uh, Australia good, is know. supposed to intervene if sure. an extradition is happening to a place to, with but, yeah. a death penalty. We're supposed to do a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. My point being that, like, we live in a world where everybody with the uh, levers of power really doesn't give a shit about these good uh, political moves. Like, Boris Johnson and Priti Patel definitely don't give a fuck about uh, the whether or not people should be protected from political extradition. Oh, look. 100% they think he should be punished, you know. Our political they- leadership, and this includes America mm. as well as Britain and Australia... Uh, they 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 literally think that morality is a hilarious concept. Yeah, you know yeah. they t- fundamentally <clears throat> don't understand that it's not just about having a nice feeling in your tummy because you know you've done the right thing. Yeah. It's like the comprehensive fundamental glue that <laughs> yeah. holds the fucking world together. Yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a society that is doesn't have a moral mm. compass. Well, you, you can. It'll just be completely suppressed. You could call it the society. You could call it the society of love and peace. And then anybody <laughs> who decided to try and uh, argue with that definition, you could send the secret police. The, uh, to, uh, you could, to you, get them. You could, Sorry, you the, could, you the could friendship the, monitors. The public helpers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> it's, so, it's interesting that you've chosen to go into... Assange was whistleblowing um, 
nightmare because mm. in Australia we had a couple of days ago all of our major news outlets yeah. publish redacted uh, front pages. Well, this is the thing. This is the last part of the thing is uh-huh. I want to come around to Australia's response and also that media blackout shit because they're not really effectively tying it to this thing. And the thing, like, I'm sympathetic to the Australian media. I don't think that they should be raided by the... Uh, no, I mean, I'm sympathetic to them in the sense that I don't think that the AFP should be used to raid them. And, I See, and I disagree stuff. with you there as well. I think it's funny that the AFP are raiding them. Because it's definitely funny. This is... <laughs> Lots of things are funny. <laughs> the fact that, we're, that, that we have a, a, a government that's been emboldened to behave in this way mm. is because the well, press very much their own cheerleading them yeah. for this bullshit for, since September the 11th, haven't yeah, you yeah. know, and, they've and, been and nursing that stoking a terrified and... public. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, for, all right, <laughs> fair enough. In terms of uh, just desserts, very satisfying. In terms of, am I prepared to spend the rest of my life in a, uto- a dystopian hell just so that I can spitefully <laughs> enjoy the Schadenfreude of watching journalists get their comeuppance? Yes, Kieran, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because they are stupid people, and I like it when stupid people suffer for their mistakes. Well, the last, uh, the last, Unless they're the... stupid because of some sort of actual brain trauma or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the latest move in their self-serving cowardice is to do the media blackout thing uh, and not tie it to the Assange hearings. Our most prominent journalist, sorry, fucking. Uh, all of the rest of you literally couldn't even come up with somebody else who might be considered a prominent well, no, uh, journalist internationally. Um, Kerry O'Brien's retired, and he yeah. was the only prominent journalist we had locally. Never mm. mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, anybody internationally. Well, I mean, this works as a punchline. So sorry, Lee Sales, uh, our our most prominent international journalist, a, a character of. Uh, Maybe complicated personality, but unambiguous heroism in the fucking uh, information wars of the 21st century. Yes. Like, how can you not make that the central pillar of your protest? It completely lacks credibility without it. I don't think... uh, I don't think they're very interested in credibility. Remember, all of the newspapers that engaged in this redaction... Mm. are now explicitly right-wing publications. Um, was it, were they all right? I didn't well, all of our newspapers to. are. <laughs> okay. Fairfax yeah. used yeah. to be centrist, but now they belong to Channel 9. Yeah. Uh, the Guardian, remember, doesn't have a print uh, presence in Australia. It's only... Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're sort of left-wing capitalists mostly. But yeah. Even so, that they do have like a progressive sh- uh, agenda to an extent, mm. um, albeit a liberal one. But uh, every single publication engaged in this—if you are a, a, a print newspaper circulating in Australia today—you're an unambiguously right-wing publication. Mm. So this is entirely uh, against their interests to actually lionise somebody who actually exposed the fundamental flaws mm. in the sort of entire, uh, you know, neoliberal, neoconservative, not even neoliberal, the neoconservative uh, international agenda, the yep. way that Julian Assange did. Yeah, that all makes sense. 
to me. They're uh, complaining about their freedoms being limited, but it's mm. precisely the society they've created. And they, the proprietors of those papers would rather be uh, muzzled mm. and prevented from doing fun journalistic pranks. They would prefer that than having their power base eroded and undermined. And that's why they've got no interest in helping Julian Assange. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's like uh, it's Milton from Office Space. Like, eventually he becomes a heroic figure because he burns the place down. But at first, all he's doing is just wordlessly acquiescing to power in the hope that power will leave him alone. Well, he's a Milton. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear what Pauline Hansen has to say about this? This is from SBS. Ah, oh, look, News. I imagine Pauline Hansen is uh, extremely pleased that uh, Julian Assange is in trouble. But uh, well, I don't know if she's commented directly on Assange, but it is about the media blackout. She probably can't pronounce Assange. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I, I think that she might have him in mind when she's uh, when she says this. This uh, just another sense. It's it's good to have at least one person in public Australian life whose uh, oratory is so like just simple, but just scintillating, cutting and deep. Uh, like it's, a safety razor into the wrist of the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of intellect. Uh, but we've got to be very careful who we define as being a journalist. People who write a book could be classified as a journalist. Or those people that blog on Facebook, she told the Nine Network. Is she talking about, like, from a legal perspective? Yes. Okay. Uh, she wants the term journalist to be defined. Could you think of a place that might help with defining the term journalist? Well, I mean, the term, term journalist is defined. Yeah, I, the, that is the salient point. You have to be published by a um, media organisation that's recognised as a news journal by the... Um, it's not the press code, it's the... I've forgotten the specific... I have no idea. Detail, I thought yes. you could just call yourself a journalist if you were doing no, investigative you can't. work you have to or be reporting. Published by a well, there you go, Pauline. Actual journal. <laughs> Nevertheless, Julian Assange definitely makes that. So uh, we have. I've cut. forgotten. I've forgotten, uh, listener. But you can look it up because there are specific media laws in this country that define what is and isn't journalism and who is and is not a journalist. Yeah, sure. But I wouldn't expect somebody who's been a professional legislator and legislative enthusiast for the past 30 years to know mm. anything about that, would I? To even stop for a second and wonder if anybody had ever bothered to define <laughs> a job title, one of the oldest <laughs> job titles. When uh, when Howard disrupted the media ownership restrictions, how, how did she think that um, those were measured in the first place? Uh, with a tape measure. <laughs> Are you... So the final piece of information that... This Julian Assange is not only a journalist, he is, again, an award-winning journalist, that the press uh, apparatus of this country was all for until the second he got into legal hot water, and then they fucking dropped him. Yes, they were perfectly like happy that he catfish. sold them an extra 80,000 papers a month, wasn't it, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. So the final, the final thing that I want to talk about uh, with regards to Assange is this group of MPs that are advocating for Julian Assange's return to Australia. So this article that I'm pulling from is by Rob Harris for the Sydney Morning Herald, but I'm not going to like read too uh, heavily from it. But yeah, there is this uh, cross-party group, 11 federal MPs, uh, 
from all for two Nationals MPs, two Labor MPs, members of the Greens and Crossbench. Independent uh, Andrew Wilkie is kind of seems to be acting as their spokesperson. Uh, they formed this group to advocate for Australia's intervention in getting Julian Assange returned, returned here, which I'm fucking frankly astounded. That's not very by. many. No, and it is 11. It is the people you would expect, yeah. uh, mostly, although uh, George Christensen is in there. Uh, and the most surprising one is Barnaby Joyce. That's like, what, 8% of Parliament or something? No, Barnaby Joyce doesn't surprise me. No? he uh, w- Well, he wants him to come back like, here so he can be punished by us. No, and ba- Barnaby Joyce. Not the US. Fucking asshole, but like, he's also mm. very territorial. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, imagine being the leader of the fucking nationals. And not being. And not being, like, extremely aggressive about authority Do you, do you remember when it was discovered that the leader of the Nationals Party had a second citizenship and wasn't allowed to be in Parliament? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's it. This group has formed to kind of, like, see how they can get his... Uh, Return, but for his part, Scott Morrison said last week legal processes should run their course, and he believed Mr. Assange should face the music. Well, that's the problem, isn't it, Scott Morrison? Is legal processes haven't been running their course? No, and legal processes won't run their course because of political machinations. And facing the music in this case seems to be uh, wordlessly receiving outsized retribution from the most prosperous country facing the the music in this case is literally the um audio and um torture that they they do at gitmo isn't it it's it's barry manilow he's been facing quite a lot of music 72 hours a day Mm. somehow played at 88 decibels yeah just constant manilow (laughs) man and 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 and, uh it uh it bumps me up the assange thing of course, it's a fucking outrage. Mm. It's not often that I'll be motivated to speak up on behalf of a libertarian arsehole, but, mm. you know, for heaven's sake, the man has uh, not done anything that isn't really quite conventional journalistic yeah. behaviour. I mean, he's not even... He's just done it on an exciting, what was then an exciting new platform. Yeah, and Granted. it was a very exciting scoop. Uh, but this is, we're going back to the days where if you were found with a, a portable printing press in your house, you could mm. have your fucking right hand cut off, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's gone completely fucking disgustingly nuts in this country. Mm. And throughout the West, and I think the reason that Assange is being treated the way that he is, and the reason that we are uh, torturing our own domestic whistleblowers mm. with obscene sentences uh, for simply uh, raising public interest issues, unconsentious public interest issues. Or when I say uncontentious, I mean issues Mm. that are without any contestation, um, public interest issues that are not security concerns for the government, Mm. um, is because the the cockroach uh, parasite class, the rentiers, have essentially reached a point where they know that they have to begin to fortify themselves physically and legally against the rest of society. Mm. You know, it's the Mott and Bailey castles of the Norman conquest again. Yeah. 
the, the uh, and and it's 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 taking us a long time to wrap our heads around i think as a sort of body politic mm. because for since the second world war until kind of like now really mm. or until assange did his publication actually mm. uh we were all trained to believe that the thing that was special about our countries in the in the anglosphere mm. and western europe was that the governments took seriously their uh you know obligation to serve the people yeah that the people's interest was more important than government power and, and factional uh, concern we now know that's not true yeah the only difference between our government and the uh avaricious state systems of eastern europe in the old bad old days mm. was some hard fought for checks and balances yeah which is being washed away we thought that our uh that we had a hundred skill points in speech and all perks unlocked, but yeah. fittingly, it turned out that it was actually an illusion. <laughs> it turned out that had been our big brother playing, mm. and when we got the controls, because he, you know, went to bed or whatever, or his girlfriend turned up, mm. it was actually much harder. Yeah, there was nothing built into the character at all. <laughs> yeah, it seems like everything's just been poured into destruction. Uh, all right, that's half an hour. Final word, I'm, I'm not at all surprised that a conniving uh, person like Julian Assange would uh, manipulate us all into standing up for him, even though he is a grotesque libertarian, by uh, wedging himself into such a position. And I think that he should be ashamed of himself. I think that's partly... Um, I, with a lot of libertarians, I find uh, their, their problem is more uh, naivety than yeah. malice. It's naivety and most of them don't fucking do anything. The difference is that Julian Assange <laughs> actually did something quite important, yes, albeit in a very smug way, with some questionable politics behind it. But yeah, sure. he's not just working at super cheap auto and posting online. I mean, there was a time where he was the only person in Australia who knew how computers work. Like <laughs> yeah, in fairness, yeah. the smugness was not entirely I'm just happy that... <laughs> that him through WikiLeaks was able to teach all of the rest of us before he was <laughs> sequestered in that fucking uh, embassy. All right, that's topic A. I think we have to be... We could go on, but I think we have to be brutal and keep it to and half do an hour each. Pacing. Do, do you want a glass of water? Yes. Back from, uh, back from <clears throat> water break. Thank you, Kieran. That was nice. That was good. Yeah. That'll play well when we, uh, when we hear this with our... <clears throat> With our iPod headphones, yeah, I will be able to be iPod. able to be able to know what that feels like. Yeah, uh, I don't have iPod. I got Sony headphones because the iPod ones I lost, or the wire frayed, or iPod. Or are you just saying you use? Oh, I've got an iPhone. Whatever. I don't. I'm sure. sure there is an iPod in the house somewhere. Yeah, yeah, my old one's probably around as well. No idea where. Uh, I loved it when it first came out. It was great. I didn't get one because I I had a disc yeah. man for a very long time, and it, it took up an entire pocket. Yeah, of my, and on on hot days, on hot summers days, walking around with a disc man and you're mm. taking up the whole of your pocket was very uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I always I wanted a, a different MP3 player, you know, a non Apple one, and then yeah, uh, you would. And then I remember I got an iPod as like one of those like special. Birthdays, like the, Iridan, like twenty first, maybe or something. I got given an iPod, and I was like, "Ooh, this is." But you know, I got used to it. It's, the iRidden is a 
That's a big Gen Y, Gen Z gap. People who remember the I River, mm. people who don't. I think the problem with uh, around that time with uh, non-Apple MP3 players is there was kind of a golden age, I feel like, a few years back when we were kind of like from sort of like 14, 16 15, to 19. 16, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 19 is way too old for what I'm talking about. But yeah, sort of like 14 through to the end of school, I guess. And then in the first days of, of uh, post-school, like f- the, you couldn't get a good quality one, it seemed like. Based on my memory, I don't think of it was an research. issue with the quality of the hardware. I think what happened mm. was that Apple, ba- basically, obviously, Apple were better marketers, but they also mm. just put together. It's, it's difficult to remember this looking at iTunes now and the fact that most computers can barely <laughs> mm. run the fucking thing. It's such a heaving mess. Mm. When iTunes first came out, do you remember how streamlined and simple it was? It was amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't use it. Oh, it was a really so. I mean, I had it. I had it on. Uh, I when I got the the iPod, uh, I used it because you had to. Because I don't think the iPod was the best hardware, <sighs> I, but I think no. that Apple put together the iTunes best support was, software. There was there was definite there was definitely a time though where the quality of non Apple uh, MP3 players seemed to be minimal, based on my reading. Like the I don't know, I don't know. A lot of them were put together. Who knows? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. What's your topic, Darcy? My topic. Well. Good mm. that we've been discussing Apple, because my topic is my new enthusiasm, Kieran. Mm. Horror films. Hooray. Now, lots of people listening to this have probably been what listening the- to horror films for ages. Listening to horror films. Watching horror films. <laughs> Reading the playbill, playbill and <laughs> following the story with along with the audio coming from the, the phonograph. The exciting and agonizing tale of Frederick Krueger, Esquire. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you're a recent convert to horror movies. Did we not watch horror movies when you lived here? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really remember that. I don't mm. think so. Uh, when I yeah. was a child, I was young enough, obviously, to be afraid of horror movies. Yeah, and I didn't like. I still don't like the sensation of being scared. So I sort of chalked them up as a as a I don't like that genre. Yeah, and moved on. But fair enough. A couple of years ago, mm. I was bored and I put on a horror film, and to mm. my delight, it was. Uh, it was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, interesting. You had the So Bad It's Good experience. Yeah, and I've become, a, I've become hooked ever since. It was The Nun, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is part of the um, uh, the Conjuring universe. Is that part of the Conjuring films? universe? Yeah. So, The Nun is interesting. canonically the first film. In the Conjuring movies. Oh, like chronologically yeah. speaking. Okay. Yeah. So she. Interesting. Gets, I haven't seen that one. I've seen. It's a uh, he. The others in that. Basically, like a demon escapes from Bulgaria mm. and uh, runs amok and gets to America and is a transvestite. It's fantastic. Yeah. But right. cool. it's got uh, it's got all my favorite things that I mm. love, about, especially Christian law based horror films, because mm. Christian law based horror films. Ironically, the heavier they lean into Christian law, the more wrong they are about all of the Christian law. Yeah, um, inevitably. <laughs> um, Except but- for uh, Hereditary had a fairly good, uh, reasonably accurate uh, nod to... Uh, I like uh, Demonica Principia. And- goetic, goetic terminology. Yeah, that's true. They did. They did. Um, that's a good point. But, but they you, also that's had- not your typical... <laughs> horror film, I guess. That wasn't really well done, actually. I quite enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I liked the... I, can't I liked it a fair amount. I didn't like it as much as everybody I, expected. I liked to. that the dad 
um, was just like a sitcom dad, but kind of transposed to a that horror was nice, film yeah. with just this kind of like, oh, for God's sake, yeah, ah, family. Yeah. Yeah, very much to a, a demonic uh, infestation. Very much a like the guy from my family kind of vibe from that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah and right. just you know, a, a, a tired middle aged mm. middle class guy who doesn't want to deal with mental illness and is just going, oh, yeah, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so the nun. Uh, what yeah. Were, yeah. So the nun. Christian so law. A lot of wonderful examples of crazy mm. horror film takes on Christian law. My mm. favorite one is the. Um, the way demons have tr- sort of transitioned from their early days, mm. where they were kind of like the the Islamic jinn, yeah, you know, they were essentially just annoying desert spirits. They were nuisances, yeah, um, but they didn't have uh, an allegiance to any particular overarching force. Mm. When Jesus, remember, he throws the devils out into the um, swine, cast them into the pigs. That wasn't like a strike against hell or anything. Yeah. Uh, That was just, you know, you have to make them go somewhere. But they're local irritant spirits, right? Yeah. Um, But, of course, Christianity fused those demons with Satan. Yeah. Who's a completely um, different figure altogether. Mm. He's just a sort of sense of adversity, really. Yeah. A divine test, not an actively evil force in and of himself. We yeah. can all agree God does more than enough actively evil things sure. to make the role of a devil pretty redundant. Right? Mm. But what emerged from that synthesis was this idea that uh, the whole point of a demon is it's meant to be quite seductive. Mm. It's meant to lure you into yeah. doing sinful things and corrupt your immortal soul, not just, like, chase you around screaming, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing everything it can to look and be as evil as possible yeah, yeah. and just murder people. That's this kind is of, of course, the thing, the temptation, and you get it's some <laughs> fucking nothing tempting about black eyed, like gigantic demon. horns, red skin, <laughs> absurdly muscular. Just fucking be like, just I can't put my finger on it, but for some reason, I don't trust you. Appallingly frightening. Mm. Also, a lot of ghouls look like Noel Fielding when you see them in their um sort of like flash frame jump yeah. scare thing. Mm. Uh, Noel Fielding or like a Swedish rock dude. Yeah. One of the Lars Krogermeisters from the Death Gore genre. Yeah, yep. Um especially in Sinister. He Big looks, family the Krogermeister. He looks super Lars Krogermeister. I've been meaning to watch Sinister. That's the one that looks like Darth Maul, right? No, he looks like um a lord performer. What's, what's the one with uh You're thinking of um Insidious. Insidious, yeah, yeah. that's right. But again, a very mighty Bush vibe when they go to yeah. hell in Insidious because you can like very clearly see that the furry legs of the demon are synthetic shiny yeah, <laughs> boots. That's always the problem. It's extremely badly done, yeah. but also extremely gorgeously done. And it's mm-hmm. actually it was the scene of um, Jack Frost. You remember from the first season where they go to the tundra? Yeah, and Jack Frost comes in and. Matt Berry kills him with some warm water or something. I can't remember. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's exactly what the demon looked like. It was fantastic. It yeah. Also, Queen Victoria is, like, wandering around being a creep. Mm. Um, yeah, well, where was that? Tremendous. There's so many amazing things at horror films. It's really funny. Well, so, yeah, so you get yeah. chased around by a horrible bellowing thing. Mm. And what would be the point, right? Demons and immortal souls and, mm. like, immortality. The flesh is but a moment, something to be passed through. Yeah. Why would they kill people? It's a complete waste of time and effort yeah. for them. 
Yeah. This is the thing that like <laughs> the the conjuring and Annabelle and and all of that shit uh the thing that like they're a very like kind of fast food kind of horror franchise, but the thing that has always kind of felt un- I enjoy them as much as much as the next person, I guess, but the unsatisfying thing about them is that there's no like cosmic stake there it's just it's literally just like this thing could kill me in a yeah. much less efficient way than somebody trying to steal my wallet that's the other thing like, as it's well scary cause... but it's like yeah well you know <laughs> they've got so death whatever all these random superpowers mm. um yeah I, it's it's it, it's 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 annoying because it's, it's all, yeah the 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 scary thing about the devil mm. right the really horrifying and terrifying thing about the christian devil is the idea that you can unknowingly sign your soul away and become yeah. damned for eternity mm. by acting on impulse or succumbing to a passion or yeah. just uh, acting in good faith but in a what you don't realize to be yeah. a bad cause just that's tricked yeah that's fucking excellent that's really scary just it is. like a shouty man <laughs> mm. well it's like you compare it's it such to a squandering you compare it to... They should call it the Squandering like, 2. Nice. Thank you. Satire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why, like, exorcism movies generally, although I haven't seen The Exorcist, The Exorcism of Emily Rose I watched and I didn't think it was as good as everybody acted, but I enjoyed it. And, like, it did have that little dread thing, which is just, like, Emily Rose is possessed by this fucking demon... Just as a matter of course, it's not like she goes into the demon maze and gets caught by the demon. It's just like she's an ordinary person living her life and then all of a sudden she's fucking possessed and her whole entire fucking immortal life and afterlife is at stake. It's that real, like, pull of cosmic forces where it's like, I guess, yeah, the conjuring well, is just like, to- they'll bonk you on the head with the, <laughs> the, the TV. The bone knife. Yeah. yeah. And even in stuff like, like Hereditary where the stakes are still death uh there's something more going on but like this i'm trying to be general and non-spoilery but like generally speaking for the characters the stakes are death but there's like also this secondary like really unsettling thing of pulling the family apart kind of underneath that and stuff that's true hereditary had enough what's her face in it uh tony oh tony yeah but i'm thinking fuck why can't i remember her name the old Uh, bird yeah yeah aunt lydia from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Can't remember her name either. She's Fuck, very she's good, good though. She's good. Pat O'Dowd. She's Pat, very good as Pat a O'Dowd? ghoulish um, uh, cult. And Dowd. And Dowd. She Fuck. plays a jolly Satanist very well. <clears throat> yeah, she's she's dope. And Dowd. Uh, she's great in The Leftovers as well. Uh, yeah. So you've how long? How many years ago was it that you got? You two or three years ago. It's been okay. very recent, yeah. but I've noticed a That's lot of exciting. brilliant. A lot of them are very anti-Catholic propaganda as well because mm. they come from America. So what have you? What, yeah, well, that's true. There's a very and Protestant so kind of. One of the first <clears throat> things you'll see the demon do is like invert. They're mad for inverting crucifixes. Oh yeah, they're absolutely mad. Which is we know that's the sign of Saint Peter, the uh, the yeah. bishop of uh, of Rome. Yeah. <laughs> Or the Pope to you. The first great martyr of Christianity, (laughs) other than Jesus himself, obviously. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And not a Catholic gives a shit about it. If, like, if I grew up Catholic and if you walk into somebody's house and they have an inverted cross, it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Watch out, everybody. 
the cool I hope kids that's here. for Francis, not Jean-Paul the <laughs> second, and his yeah. terrible oversight of paedophile abuses. Yeah. Um, um, so you've, you've been you've been in it for two or three years. Yeah. What what are the major beats that you've hit? Because this is fascinating to me. This is so, I, it's so rare to get this opportunity to see somebody who's like I love the ghosts. Fresh. That they've got. So it's not obsessive compulsive disorder, but they've mm. they've they've got a definite like nervous tick about furniture touching the ground. They hate it. Yeah. Um, it drives them fucking wild. Mm. So they've got to put all the furniture as high as possible. Yep. They- Always stacking chairs, floating <laughs> couches. <laughs> they can't get enough of it. Mm. Um, they th- ghosts think that trees are much more intimidating than trees are, and so they often use trees as like as as, as as the initial bullying point, especially if children oh, with are involved. Oh, with the tapping on the window, and yeah, stuff? yeah, because they think we don't understand and how the, shadow we- the that wind works. Mutates into a hand. That that one to get. Uh, Noel Fielding has so discovering Noel Fielding before horror movies has kind of it's taken the away a lot of drama for yeah. me because I just like my eye always goes evil tree yeah. <laughs> go and work your wicked ways <laughs> yeah it's like watching an old movie and seeing the Simpsons references that you never got before it, it's, it's, it really yeah. is one hundred percent. Um, so they, 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 yeah. they're quite avid gardeners. They mm. are ferocious respecters of property because, of course, most yes. ghosts are American. So they, they, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. will fuck with everything as long as it remains within yeah. the bounds of the like local council lot that they have yeah. been assigned to. Consequently, it makes them like insanely easy to defeat and nobody yeah. is ever just like, I'm moving house. You just need to avoid this kind of 60 square foot area here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they would do if the local council were to subdivide or amalgamate the lot. Mm. Um, that could be a whole film in and of itself. Mm. Really, the planning crisis of a haunted spirit. Yeah. Make a note of that, Kieran. Uh, what franchises have you watched? Or, like, movies? We've done The Conjuring. You've done The Conjuring franchises. Franchises. Uh, Sinister, Insidious. Yeah. We've done the... Um, oh, goodness. Uh, Exorcist. Yeah, cool. I've done some of the um, uh, Halloween mm. films. I don't, I'm not wild about slasher movies. Yeah. I find they're generally a bit dull, unless they they're sort of, <clears throat> bit t- sort of tongue-in-cheek. Like, The Terrifier is a new one, mm. or newish one, which is done with the, the slasher, mm. whose name, I forgot the name of the actor, but he's a, quite a good physical comedian. Yeah. Um, and so he's able to make the film kind of work. Yeah. Uh, and it's got a nice 80s tribute vibe to it, yeah. as you would have to, I suppose, to be a decent slasher. Yeah, yeah, um, that seems to be the... The, the golden the, move. the golden age of the genre. Mm. Um, we have seen uh, Creep 1 and 2, which yeah. I very recommend to anybody. Yeah, That's smashing. But mo- most of the franchises I haven't really got into yet. Interesting. Because I'm stuck with what is available on my streaming services for the yeah. most part. Okay, interesting. That's cool. Uh, so you've hit like the big kind of like mainstreamy or semi-mainstreamy ones from recently. Yeah, which I've I've not seen, seen a lot of. I've seen most of the Conjuring. Ones, seen the but... Ring. I've seen the Japanese and the American uh, Shutter. Oh yeah. Um, which actually, um, I preferred the Japanese one artistically, but I found the American one more enjoyable. <clears throat> which mm. just a socialization thing, I think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Great. Oh, man. 
I would love to be in your position because, like, I love horror movies. Uh, it's a smorgasbord of madness. Yeah, some of the most to... badly made films in the world, but some of the most beautifully made films in the world. Yeah, well. well, that's the thing. I'm currently, I love, I love bad horror movies, obviously, but like, I'm big on a kick uh, of like. I recommend finding... Grave Dancers if you haven't seen Grave Dancers yet. I haven't. I, I don't know if it's on Stan or Netflix, but Grave Dancers, you will not believe, was made in 2007. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. It makes the first Evil Dead movie mm. uh, look like the Lord of the fucking Rings. <laughs> yeah, tremendous. Well, the Evil Dead movies are fucking amazing. I adore uh, the Evil Dead movies, actually. Yeah, the series is really good as well. Which is I on, haven't seen it's on, the Evil Dead. It's on Stan, and I went into it expecting it to be very dire, but it's, like, really good uh, for the most part. The first couple of seasons, at least, are, like, smashingly good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Of the classics, like, uh, I haven't seen a lot of those really classic franchises. I think I was saying before, like, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. I haven't seen any of the Friday the 13th movies. I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't seen any of the Halloween movies. Well, see, this is the uh, thing, right? Yeah. We, we let um, the video shop die. Yeah. And of all the poo that baby boomers throw at us i think mm. that the poo that sticks the most is that millennials killed the video shop i think that's a somewhat fair yeah i uh, no, it's the fucking companies that did it i know you know what i mean it's just as far as generational consumption patterns go yeah like the video shop we had lost interest in before anything replaced it i hadn't I but that was, was partly dvds the killed the video shop because vhs tapes were quite resilient whereas dvds <clears> never worked when you got them from the video well that's shop true that some did. cunt had always used it as a coaster or a dartboard or something the the irony being that all they had to do was wait around until blu-ray came in with its fucking gorilla glass or whatever they're much more resilient Sure, but, to scratch, but they just wrong time. Wrong time. Damage had been done by then. Who knows? The streaming services would have killed them anyway. But the thing uh, is, but the streaming services are terrible for horror films. Yeah, this there's is no good horror. There's on the streaming fuck. Services. There's one. Well, it's not true. There is some good horror on the streaming services, but there's not much. Yeah, I think you can get It Follows on Netflix or Stan at the moment, and that one is one of my favourites, uh, and in the genuinely good kind of category, which is few and far between. I think you can get The Witch on uh, Stan, maybe. And that is another one of my fucking... A lot of people didn't really like it that much, but I fucking highly recommend it. That's one of my favorites. I've seen... For sure. The VV Itch. There's a a horror streaming service. I don't know if you can... Uh, get it in it's uh, called pure flicks da, 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 da. Hey. um no it's called like stabo or something uh, i don't know <laughs> if it's available in australia but i'm sure you can i like, would hope it would be with a name like stabo it sounds like one of ours shudder shudder uh, uh 3.99 american per month but i don't know if you can get it in australia or not but well i'll certainly have a look yeah, I, that's cheaper than I fucking thought it was. The Stephen King f- uh, stuff is often available on Netflix. I like his, uh, I like his horror. Who? Stephen King. Oh uh, yeah. Like, because he's a, he's a very good plotter and writer, and well, yeah, has he can set ideas. he can set up premises that are good enough to deal with fairly flat finishes. There basically. was that. Yeah, it's, the, horror films are quite hard to finish though. Uh, and here's this is the thing I've noticed it's with part horror of what films: makes the witch so good. They either end where the hero sort of just does a almost like a whoops and mm. kind of falls out of it and it's fine. And then you see a gremlin and you go, it's not fine. Or the <laughs> writer sets up like plausibly how to defeat the demon and they do it and it doesn't work. And I find that mm-hmm. quite annoying. Mm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I don't like... See, it's not scary if the character's just fucked from the beginning of the thing and there's nothing they can do to get out of it. Yeah. It's only scary if there's a chance that they can like get to freedom. Um, otherwise, what are the stakes? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, like that... Um, what's yeah. it? Final Destination thing where mm. you're just sort of like showing off your um, capacity to do death scenes. Well, the stakes are in Final Destination movies. They're always, can they... Did I just call it Final Fantasy? I think I might have done. No, I think you said Final Did Destination. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, me if you said Final culture, Fantasy, then I I'm good at the old, filtered it. good at pop culture, me. I know all the references. Yeah, the two finals. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> plus Countdown. Can't forget that. Um, uh, Final Destination, like, at least in the first movie or two, like, the stakes are that you can get out of it, maybe. That it should be impossible, but then... The suggestion at the very end of the first movie is that... Uh, oh, that's right. Because it's like, if you can evade death a second time, then it moves on to the next It reloads the- its thing, that's right. It, or <clears throat> if if you, you can force an unexpected reboot of the system. Yeah, yeah. and it skips you. And then I guess the, the wrinkle in that is that it comes back around or whatever, but... Uh, yeah. Well, you die eventually. Yeah, be silly otherwise. Be a, you, you, you'd be the real loser if you mm. avoided death forever. Yeah, that's true. And you just had to be around while the universe slowly fizzled into nothingness yeah. and you just floated. Yeah. So that'd be terrible, Kieran. Mm. Mm. They should have done that. That would have been great. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shutter is coming to Australia. Okay, that's good. at some point. Although uh, I don't know when. Uh, have you watched Blair Witch yet? Yeah, I, I have. I, see, what do you I'm, think of it? I didn't think very much of it. I thought it was pretty crap. I loved the first Witch movie. Is that because <clears> you <throat> saw it when you were a little 90s uh, I would have been like... Child. So I remember when the Blair Witch Project came out. Yeah. It was like the first time people had used the internet for anything, and so everybody went fucking nuts over it. I saw it well after it came like, out. Whoa, it's a real thing. <clears> it's <throat> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I saw it well after it came out. Uh so, like, I knew all of the the shit behind it, and I was familiar with all of the parodies of it and stuff, but I still found it creepy enough to keep me watching it, and then I felt like that last act in The Abandoned House was really good, culminating with just the shot of spoilers. For a film that came out in 1997. Yeah, yeah. Uh that last shot of the guy standing facing the corner and how that built off just a little bit of lore that they kind of pepper through. I thought it was quite well done given its restrictions. I thought the second movie was dog shit, uh, obviously, but... Did the second movie have a runny demon? <clears throat> a runny demon? Runny demons. So runny demons are demons that like to run at you, oh, but they I never see. reach you. Yeah. Uh, no, the second movie, the second Blair Witch movie was the old, uh, the switch em up. So it's like a group of teens go to this place in the Blair Witch Forest uh, and weird stuff starts happening. And then they look back at the footage and they see that they are doing witch shit, oh. I guess. So it had the old, the old, it was me all along thing. The worst example of which is that movie Veronica that was made by the guy who made Wreck. If you haven't seen Wreck, that's one of... Okay, I'll put Wreck on the list. The best. It's R-E-C, not, uh, not like... Is that where they find... No, that's called Ghost Chip, Darcy. Ghost Chips. Uh... <laughs> is that the one where they get cut by wires at the start of the movie? That's Cube, isn't it? No. Oh, no, no sorry. On... Yes, it is. They're yeah. on the deck and they're slow dancing. I've heard about that. They're movie, doing yeah. Italian dances and then some wires come along. Yeah. It's... No, no, no. Uh, Wreck. Wreck is, uh, is a found footage movie, but it's like 
uh, it's good. Quite good. Spanish language one. Don't watch the, don't watch Quarantine, which is the American remake. Watch the original Spanish one. That movie is fucking phenomenal. And then that guy did a couple of sequels. And then this movie, Veronica, that everybody was like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen on the internet. Bloggers with like shit for brains. Uh, so we watched it to be like, how scary is it going to be? Not scary at all. And it has that twist them up that it was me all along thing, but they don't trust the audience to even make that extremely obvious leap by the time it happens. So they have the main character looking into the mirror while the, f- the flashbacks are happening and going, it was me, it was me, it was me. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> and it tried to have its cake and eat it too as well by being like, all of this supernatural stuff is explained by psychological phenomena. Uh. And then be like, but is she actually possessed at the end? She's floating when the cops were... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, well, I mean, it's a if bad she's movie. like using magic, then yeah, I'd say... Yeah, see, this is the problem. Probably a good say. indication it's not just psychological. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> that's that's what they do. It's like, it's it's not supernatural, it's psychological. And then immediately they're like, but it's also supernatural. In cases of really advanced schizophrenia, you get superpowers. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was it. Switch em ups was Blair Witch 2 and Veronica. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like the Blair Witch Project. Maybe it's because it had been juiced to death by the time I saw it. Possibly. Little known fact that even S Club 7 did a, uh, Blair Witch Project spoof. Everybody did. Um. Yeah, fucking everybody. And if did. S Club are kind of sticking their boots into you, then you know your time's passed, really. Maybe, maybe. I'll I'll stand by it, but I, I would want to rewatch it before I really stood by that conviction. It was a surprisingly grown-up joke, actually, because mm. it was referencing the line, um, Joe's got the flow in connection with the Blair Witch. It was a whole... It was a, it was a big setup for a period joke in a... Yeah, it's... What, what was not really an appropriate uh, delivery vehicle for it. Yes, it's, it's an interesting fucking choice, S-Club and, and Blair Witch. Yeah. Yeah, I think they... We're coming to the end of their contracts, and they wanted to have mm. some fun. <laughs> mm. I don't know if any of them were super attached to the band, yeah. but that's a, that's a different kind of the, the Simon Cowell music industrial mm. complex is a different kind of horror franchise. We don't want to get down that route right now. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of science fiction horror. I'm not a fan of, although I didn't mind Mother or I Am Mother or whatever it was called. I that was interesting. That Mostly though, science fiction horror is just sort of social commentary. Well, I mean, Alien and Aliens are really good. Yeah, that's true. But that's just a science fiction setting. It's not, like, terribly important to the well, plot. It's an alien. They're being, they're being stalked by, like, a malignant presence through... Yeah. It could be a demon in a church, is what I meant. The fact that they're on a... In a it couldn't be a demon in a church because it's specifically tied to corporate practice. That's what part of what makes the well, Alien franchise so good. Is it's tie the church to corporate the careless, practice. The, yeah, careless, right. the carelessness. Well, no, it's a different fucking thing. The church is careless church shit, and sometimes it's corporate. But the Alien movies are about, like, weapons manufacturing and sales and uh, the human cost of, of uh, the profit motive. It's a really fucking... And motherhood and all uh, that See, I should shit. stress, I've only seen the first Alien. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the weapon shit kind of comes in. It, often in some of the worst movies, like... Uh, uh, Prometheus and Aliens versus Predator series and shit like that. Uh, but yeah, the corporate weapon, bioweapon shit is in there. That one, that stuff's interesting. Aliens are good. I'm trying to think if there are any other... Oh, The Thing. The Thing is the best horror movie of all time. <laughs> The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. All right. 
you have to watch that. That's that that is the fucking the pinnacle. That's my favorite horror movie and in my top five favorite movies of all time. Does it have a jealous basement ghost? Uh, it has Wilford Brimley. Okay. Quite like Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Listeners, very sharp-eared listeners will just uh, understand that I also just made a tremendous joke. But you won't because you haven't seen the movie. Oh, uh, no. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I'll, mm. I'll get back to you if I find it funny right afterwards. Yeah. If, uh, I, get, if, I, if I spot your... You won't find it funny. It wasn't, it wasn't funny. It was brilliant. It was... <laughs> Uh, staggering in its in the in the speed and intellect of its construction, but it wasn't funny. I'm not in the business of making funny jokes, Darcy. I'm not. I'm above that childish horse shit. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the thing is really fucking good. I don't know. I watched that fucking uh, that one where it's like in space, but actually it's underwater. One that fucking one of my friends was really into. I forget what it was called, but I didn't think much of it. No, I don't think I've heard of it. Unless it was um, Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman. That was No, uh, there was a thing where it's like a crashed spaceship and you think it's in space, but then I think it turns out it's underwater. Oh. I forget. It's an episode uh, it's of Red Dwarf. It's got some... It's called the Despair Squid. Yeah, well, there you go. That's probably... And actually quite scary. It's probably scarier than this movie, which had some dude in a beard doing a South African accent, maybe. It's been a long time. Oh, no, no, no. That's Sebastian Gorka. It's not a South African accent. It's, no, but yeah. it's a, a mashup of British yeah, and Hungarian. Yeah, kind of international is, yeah. school. <laughs> international villain yeah. accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. What else? Uh, have you seen... Fuck, I had it on the tip of I've my seen. I've time. seen the Saw movie. Saw? Yeah, I didn't fun. like that. Didn't like it? The first no. one? The oh, first like, one is the closest it was clever, one to a right? good movie. It was, it was yeah, clever. Yeah. I will definitely grant it was clever. But I felt just felt like too much watching people get hurt for. Its moment hour, has passed, which I didn't particularly. The later uh, Saw movies get fucking too into that. Like the first, the first Saw movie like pushes it a little bit, but it's like uh, generally a reasonably clever construction, and it's quite neat, and it it all finishes, and it's got that fucking piece of music, and you're like, oh, a reasonably satisfying fast food meal of a film. Uh, the second one has this like insane scene where there's a pit full of syringes that people get pushed into. That's like real. That's like the key that it's like, oh, this is fucking maybe a bit much. And then after that, it just gets like worse and worse and worse and stupider. Like none of the other movies are as admirably simple as the first one. I got a very, um, I don't know. It, it reminded me actually of the underground sewer races in Arkham Knight. Mm. Which I just thought, you know, you sort of go, you think Joker wouldn't have time to pull this together? <laughs> he's not Joker, he's a, the Riddler. Like, yeah. he's just, this is logistically ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. That's that's the tagline for the Saw franchise as a whole logistically ridiculous. Um, I've seen the, yeah. the Woman in Black. We saw that one. That was fun. Is that the Daniel Radcliffe one? Yeah. I, not I like, it's it. not great. It's got a lot of very tedious tired mm. bits in it it's just beautifully acted yeah like it's one of those the things where great great actors uh, get away with or rather you get away with having quite a crap film because you just cast all great actors yeah and they just sort of wander around rural england going ah darling you're wonderful at wolverhampton you know yeah. fabulous king lear yeah and you go oh, it's great for 
an hour and a half and you forget that everything else about the film is diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not in a good Hellspawn way, in a, in a, in a literally like a fucking yeah. extremely boring, stupid movie. <laughs> there was a great one we saw, which was the... Um, uh, it's it's set in Ireland and it's set mm. in this like Anglo-Irish family of aristocrats mm. who have been punished for a, a spoiler alert for whatever the film's called. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Lodgers. Yeah. I think it's called The Lodgers or something. Yeah, anyway, a bell. ancient, ancient incident of incest occurred in this mm. family like, you know, 300 years prior to the setting of the film, which is the First World War, circa World War One. Yeah. And... Um, for some sort of water-based entity is punishing this family for it. And it's terrible, and they keep having, like, children. They have mm. a, a boy and a girl, twin set, and then the parents get killed and dragged in the lake by the horrible lake monsters, mm. and then the twins grow up and have sex with each other, and the new twins turn up, and then they go into the lake, and it's okay. quite dreadful. Except what, ha- what happens <laughs> is the girl... Uh, decides that she's not into this mm. uh, bizarre circumstance anymore, and so she leaves. Mm. And that's literally it. She just walks. Off no, the nice. Way. <laughs> At least that's the solution. And it's that fine. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you think that a regional water-based monster might have a fairly limited range. I'm moving inland. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but not away from the lake. <laughs> Yeah. Um and also like there's a, there's a, there's a bit where, where where she's getting chased by the monsters. Mm. Um and they're like very clearly like it's 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 modern dance people who have just covered themselves with mud yeah. and are doing modern dance around the house. Dreadful. They're trying to every <laughs> horror director is trying to replicate Doug Jones because oh. he's such a fucking tremendously good monster actor the dude who does like Abe Sapien and Hellboy and uh oh, okay. and the Pan and the Pale Man in uh Pan's yeah, yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, Pale Man was awesome. Like I, that, I liked Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, and uh the water guy in Shape of Water. Uh so Abe Sapien again. Um like uh that guy is such a good like fucking body actor that just ever since he rocked onto the scene every director has been like get me some dancers and a prosthesis. It's, it's terrible. Like, it's a risky move because as soon mm. as the audience go, oh, these are all from like the drama school of Trinity College, Dublin. Mm. It completely strips any yeah. f- remotely frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you mustn't ever let the audience realize that they could easily beat up the monster in the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they're like sparrow light because they have to be lifted by their fellow dancers. <laughs> they're four foot six. Like this is very modern choreography for a. 17th century water demon. <laughs> they live outside of space and time. Ah, uh, man, you got to see Hellraiser. You got to see Hellraiser. Yeah, I've been told to see Hellraiser. Um, uh, you got to see like, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. It's not a horror film, though, is it? I guess it's, not. It's actually rather fun. If you haven't seen it, it's worth mm. it. It's better if you're half. I've cut. heard that it's like. I recommend. Yeah, it's fun. I recommend you get yourself a six pack uh, to get through it. Yeah, yeah, cool. VHS is pretty fun. If yeah, you... we we love. I didn't like the second one so much. Well, yeah, because they, they really abandoned the Which whole. Which is the second one? So the second one, like it's what is it? Instead of um, is the vampire one the first one? Yeah. So that's the first one's the succubus. Oh yeah, succubus. Um, and it ends with the haunted house. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, which was my favorite, the haunted house at the end. So they, 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 it's Halloween. Yeah. And these like Halloween, these, these, you know, frat bros are yeah. going to a house party. Yeah. And they get to the wrong house and it's an actual haunted house where mm-hmm. these guys are trying to do an exorcism to drive a demon out of a girl. Yeah. And they think it's just like a Halloween party and yeah, it's beautifully yeah, yeah. done. Yeah. And- <laughs> I remember that bit. Yeah. Now that was good. Uh, and and they almost included an ending where the guy survived the whole evening, and mm. I, wish, I wish they had actually because it would have been just a sort of weirdly sweet note to end the thing. Yeah, on. but yeah, VHS. The first one was great. The second one, I can't remember what the framing device. Oh, the second movie. I thought yeah. you meant. No, I no, thought no, you no, meant the, the second, second movie, tape. In sorry, the, not the second. Uh, tape. No, all, I, I liked all the tapes in the yeah, first yeah. one. The second movie, the framing device is that there's private investigators have been lured into a house by ghoulish kid who's making himself a horror tape thing yeah and it's stupid and i hate it It was a terrible framing device and the Mm. films in it were crap (laughs) i think i watched is it in vhs 2 where there's the one where the guy is talking with the girl online yeah is that in vhs 2 it's called the terrible thing that happened to emily as a child or something yeah is that in the second one or the first one in the second VHS? because i remember watching it and being like this is kind of dumb. Yeah, it's in the second in the, VHS. In the um, Maybe I have seen the second one. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the second one. I mean, we've uh, we've got to oh, wrap up. Is, yeah, so we, we could, do. Yeah, we could talk about. Uh, we could talk about ever. Give me. I'll give you three that I think you should watch. You give me three that I think that you think I should watch. All right. And listening, you can watch all six. Well, I've already given you the creep movies on a mm. previous date, so that doesn't count. I'd already seen the first I will say... doesn't count. Motherfucker. Sorry? Nothing. (laughs) Keep going. Goodness me. I'm Um, (laughs) I'm all hopped up on horror anger. You've gotten really cross. Mm. You weren't this cross about Julian Assange. No, that's true. I don't give a shit about that. I care about horror films. Okay, so um, if you haven't seen the Hammer horror film adaptation of Dracula with Stuart Lee as Dracula and Peter Cushing as Van Helsing... I haven't. Hard recommend. Okay. It's brilliant. Um, even if Peter Cushing... Of course, it, that's the first in your it, list. It, it turns out the right. one thing Peter Cushing's not very good at portraying is fear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I very recommend um, the... If you haven't seen... You said you hadn't seen Insidious yet. No. I would watch Insidious. It's really fun and uh, extremely stupid. Yep, good. And if you haven't seen in the Tall Grass. Okay. I recommend In the Tall Grass. That's All right. very new and it's groovy. Three good fucking recommendations. Sweet. I'm going to give you three recommendations. I recommend The Witch. The Witch. Double V. Double V. Uh, uh, I recommend... Oh, I watched this, like, so there are so many good ones. I watched this weird kind of movie that I just re- remembered like it was a repressed memory the other day, which I thought was quite cool for a for a horror movie. Uh, I watched it on the overnight shift at work one time uh, and then forgot about it. And then yesterday I was like, what? Yesterday or the day before, literally, I was like, what the fuck was that movie? And like little horrific things started to come back to me. So it was called, I, f- I tracked it down. It was called Home Movie. It was 2008, I think. Home movie. And it's not like... It's a found footage thing, which, like, everything that was released around then was found footage. So, that's a little irritating. Found footage can be good. But I remember it. I don't remember a lot about it. I don't remember exactly what happens, but I remember being very unsettled, like, queasy when I was watching it, which is good. Uh, Because that's the kind of thing that I'm searching for. And then... 
Wreck. Okay. R-E-C. Those, I've unwittingly recommended you three that I think are good and no stupid ones. But That's okay. Uh, You're allowed to recommend good ones. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and also the thing and it follows. <laughs> all right, fine. Well, you have to watch Ghost Chip then. If we're oh, yeah. Yeah. Ones. yeah. You I'll get to see um, Ju- Juliana Margulies being an action hero instead of like a... Um, you know, ethereal beauty. Yeah, which cool. Is, she's very good at it. Mm. Not one, like convincing as a roughneck, though. But still, she's yeah. You know, she's good. She's nice. not afraid to throw herself through sheet metal. Hey, that's good. <laughs> I'll check that out. There's one called "The Hole in the Ground" that came out this year. I think that uh, sounded interesting to me that I haven't seen. Is that yet. like Descent, where they the no, but that's a really good movie. Going the thing, yeah, the Descent. It was a good movie. Um, no, it's, annoying ending. It's yeah, yeah. It's an uh, the hole in the ground is an Irish movie about a, f- a woman. Because <laughs> now I'm fetching the hole in the ground. Yeah, uh, about a oh, woman. Oh, choices don't go down there. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it except it's about a woman who moves to a like a country town with her son, and they live next to a forest in which there is a giant sinkhole, and its behavior starts changing. I've just read like the blurb. Oh, okay. So note down. This is not a film. This is a. Mm. Another idea, uh, Centralia in um, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that Silent Hill was based on. Yeah. That town that's always on fire. It's on, the people still refuse to leave. The government has, like, yeah. done everything it can to yeah. pay them off, to throw them out. I the, think it's dwindled to, like, There's seven people. Oh, seven, yeah. Yeah, but the, sure. wha- the government literally are like, we will buy you good homes somewhere mm. else. Nice houses that aren't on fire. I lived in Centralia my whole life. That's not a Pennsylvania accent. It is not a Pennsylvania accent. Hey, it might, it's but me. It might be a Centralia accent yeah. by it's, this point. It's me, average Pennsylvania everyman. I live in Centralia my whole life. I ain't going to let no perpetually burning underground fire that looks exactly like hell drive me out of this place. Cletus, where shall we burn off all this uh, excess garbage? Why, the closed down coal mines, of course. <laughs> the ones beneath the town? Yep. <laughs> American know-how, the yeah. best, most practical form yeah. of know-how. Cool, good section. I love horror movies, man. I'm glad that you you brought. Well, we can revisit this. this. We can we can do more film genre talk. I think. Yeah. If we want. Yeah. So that we can leaven the bleakness for our poor old listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're bringing something very serious next week, which we won't spoil. But we won't uh, spoil just in case you decide not to do it. Well, or... just in case I'm not ready to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's not something you want to fuck up, as yeah. RuPaul would say. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. Like that time, did you hear about his the story where he watched uh he watched a man drowning? RuPaul. Yeah. And sent him positive energy. He was like, "What is it that I can do best?" I thought about calling the authorities, but I thought this is how I can best help him. I can and imagine I that happening. He's quite a surreal human being. Yeah, and when he tells the story, he doesn't I've got to be honest, I think Staying out of the way is probably mm. one of the more helpful things RuPaul could do in that situation. I think calling the authorities could have been a move. Yeah, he it, he yeah. mentions I mean, thinking about it and it deciding is, instead to pray and send some. It's a better move. And he doesn't, sure. He, <laughs> crucially, the story does not clarify whether the drowning man lived or died. I hope he lived. Me too. But I mean, I, definitely if I was drowning and RuPaul tried to physically actively help me not drown, mm. I think that would make it much worse. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to cook up, maybe it'll be, a, maybe not a movie genre, but I'll cook up something uh, to leaven, to, to cut the citrus to your bleak topics. Good. Uh, Vindaloo, as it were. Uh, 
Uh, cool. So that's it. That's uh, it. You can uh, email us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase, no tricks with the spelling. It's an email address. Come on, guys. You How should have hard this is by this? now. Yeah. And so if far, you're- only one sad nerd has managed to get onto us, which, yeah, by the way- one extremely pathetic email. Um, so, Alexandra, yes. you did- Don't- You have to cash in that- That- um, That- uh, Bowls game. Oh, yeah, that's that's not enough of uh, standing up to other emailers. But even if you just are listening she to was this- the first one. Even if you just are listening to this, feel free no to life. send- Feel free to send us an email. I know <clears throat> that there are people listening to this. Uh, but we love it doesn't her, of course. feel like there are people listening to this, except for, of course, Alexandra and, like, people that I know directly. I know that there are more of you out there, so send us an email. Well, we have had more Drop downloads than people who we know, which is nice. Yeah, there definitely- There's been, like, there's, 30 downloads, so- There's been more than 30 downloads. There I are, stopped counting once it moved past people that we knew, so- There are probably about as many people listening to this <laughs> that we don't know as ones that we do know. Oh, so, so, like, potentially 58 people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> so yeah, email us if you like. You can follow us at Week for Bleak on Twitter. You can follow me at Gorilla Scream. Uh, Darcy's. Am I forgetting anything? I am not on social media apart from a Facebook page, which none of you bastards can have. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thanks to Leonardo's robot. Thanks for to friends. Leonardo's okay, robot uh, for this closing, marvelous little ditty. Closing um, stuff. Don't forget. There's not much chance we can pull the chestnuts out of the fire. Mm. Um, so, you know, try and make death a peaceful and uh, painless experience. Yeah. There you go. An hour and a half. Half That's the good. time. Twice the value. Yeah. You can't say. I like this new format. I like this new format. It's extremely tedious editing a nearly three hour podcast. Oh, you're so selfish. The viewers, the listeners, mm. I wonder if I'm ever going to get the demarcation rise no. between viewers and listeners. It hasn't happened as I by move now. From media to medium. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's in their interest. We don't want them plowing through a three hour thing of us. That's not good for I people's health. I don't give health. a fuck about them. I care I about me. Don't. I have to do it every fucking. I have to listen to it as we say to be it. Socialists care. And then and I have, have to, to check have to it. Care about them. Then I have to listen through to it and see if the incredibly embarrassing thing that I said is as embarrassing and offensive as I've built it up to be in my mind. Usually not. Uh, And then I have to fucking upload it and write the description. And then I have to listen to it again eventually just to make sure that I haven't fucked it up. I don't like listening to our show. Yeah. But you should, listener, I, and I, we thank you for it. I, we it, need to nip this in the bud before it gets to an hour and a half. Makes dust. me worry that I'm an idiot. Well, it's over an hour and a half because they have to listen to the song. Yeah, that's true. By Leonardo's robot. But in terms of like pure material of recording. Well, just stop recording it. No, there's still just 20 seconds re- in the tank. Now I want to use the full hour and a half. Fucking hell. This is, this is what I have to work with, listener. Ha! See, I did it. Yeah, good. 10, 9, 8. I'll probably cut all of this out. 6, 5, 4. This isn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs>